Welcome to Navigating Nourishment. We are your hosts. I'm Debbie. And I'm Wendy. And we are National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coaches. In each of our episodes, we're going to navigate through all the overwhelming and controversial information in the world of health, wellness, and well-being. If you're tired of false promises and want honest answers and clarity, we invite you to step into curiosity to explore new perspectives and discover what works for your unique body and life. So we have a very special guest with us today. We are interviewing Coach Fallon, Dr. Dana Fallon, my husband. Hi. <laughs> hey, Dana. Hey, Debbie. <laughs> so he's got some credentials. First of all, uh, career as a dentist. That's, but in the middle of COVID, he spent a couple of months when the office was closed getting his National Academy of Sports Medicine license, right? Your certification. certification. Mm-hmm. You also went to Institute for Integrative Nutrition. After Debbie and I went, you got pretty on board with that. And so you got your coaching certification from IIN. And then you also went back to NASM and got your wellness coach certification. And um, we're also both heroic coaches. So you've got some coaching in your background and we're here to introduce (laughs) Dana as a coach with Nourish now. So um welcome aboard well thank you thank you for having me that's uh that's yeah that's, that's and welcome to nur- navigating nourishment this is our <laughs> podcast thank you thanks for inviting me yeah so oh. you've always had this idea that muscle is important where'd you get that idea from where'd that come from well i'm i'm fortunate enough that i i got a really early start in life um i've always been small um, but I wanted to play uh, Pop Warner football when I was a kid. And so to do that, I had to gain weight. I had to, had to, had to build, build muscle. And fortunately, my, my dad uh, was a weightlifter and, and bodybuilder. And he, he introduced me to weightlifting when I was 10 years old. And, and I'm sure he was thrilled that you were interested in doing that. He was probably, yes, like, yes. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, had a, I had a built-in coach as a kid. And, yeah. and, it, and it's... Just one of those things that has stuck for my uh, for my whole life. So I'm just super super lucky, super super fortunate that my dad took the time to to train me. So. Yeah. So one of the things we want to talk about today is the importance of muscle and why we need it and why we need to build it. I mean, when we were hunter gatherers, we just naturally were doing so much more. We were walking all the time. We were picking up boulders and moving them, you know, building fires and chasing animals, chasing our, our meals, chasing our meals down. Yeah. And well, everything was manual. Yeah. Everything was manual. There was no convenience of anything. Right, no, right. no, they didn't, they didn't get delivery. You know, it was, uh, you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go, go on for it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. These days we've become pretty sedentary and uh, soft, both literally and figuratively, right? We uh, aren't in the yeah. elements as much as uh, we used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a book that I uh, recently read called The Comfort Crisis, and they talk, they talk about that. And um, it's, a, it's really a big deal. And uh, it's one, 
one of the reasons, well, actually the, the main reason that Wendy and I got into rucking and uh, we've been doing it since since February. Yeah. And boy, it's it's just a non-negotiable now for us. We do it almost every day. Yeah. Well, explain what that is, because before Wendy started doing it, I, I didn't know what that was. I mean, I, I've heard I I knew what it was without the name. Let's put it that way. So I don't know if everybody knows what it is. Well, it's it's simply walking with a with a weighted backpack. And, you know, you, you know, the idea is it, it, it builds you know, so much, so, you know, it helps your, your core, it helps your legs, it helps almost every, almost every muscle in your body just by walking with, with, with a weighted backpack. And, uh, you know, my advice to anyone who wants to get into it is to start light, you know, start with any old backpack that you have laying around the house and throw some cans of soup in there or whatever, you know, and, and just walk with it. And then if you really enjoy it, then you can get a, a more dedicated backpack. You know, Wendy and I have have the Go Ruck backpacks and they're made really well and and and, and they, you know, they'll last forever. Um, and mm -hmm. you can they come with with uh, a plate, a flat plate, weight plate that you that you put in, inside. And you, we add also weights from our, our, our gym um, to, to add, you know, to, to add add weight as you go. But uh, it's 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 people it's amazing how many people have stopped us along our walk and they want to know what this is all about and some people have gotten into it you know they've gone out and gotten the backpacks as well so it's a it's like a movement now <laughs> so, yeah literal movement really. yeah so here's one of my questions too because um it's um people get motivated especially when they see other people doing things and um i know that putting weight on your back if you're not strong if you don't have a strong core to begin with you could hurt yourself i imagine so that this isn't something you just go out and go buy one and start doing right away it's something that's kind of a part of an, a practice that's already been happening is that true or i mean well, that's I my think, assumption yeah i think that you know you should just you know first of all just get used to walking you know we're i guess we assume that you that you walk anyway right so that's that's like the first thing don't just you know oh. get off the, don't get off yes. the sofa and start rucking you know but if you are right, right. you do have a walking practice you know then start with a with a light weight and and then gradually gradually you know build up over over time and uh, you know it makes a difference it makes everything easier <laughs> it does and if you haven't listened to our podcast uh, about the thousand days of walking, listen to that one too. Uh, it gets more motivation about getting out there and walking because we tend to, I think, poo-poo the idea that walking isn't, you know, exercise. And one of the reasons that we have one of our five foundations is called movement is because so many people have an aversion to the word exercise because it feels demanding and it feels um, over the top. But we we need to move. I mean, we were built to move. And when we don't move, we actually atrophy. And do you have any stats for us or any kind of I, th I think there's some stat that starting in our 30s, we start to lose muscle mass and especially women in their 50s and as they're going through perimenopause, our muscle mass actually atrophies very quickly. Well, let's let's take a step back. First of all, I think walking um, is is vastly underrated. You know, people don't think it's exercise, but even a 10 minute walk, you know, after a meal or, or something like that really makes a big difference. You know, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go out for, you know, to do a marathon, you know, just, just, 
start small and just you know add in movement as you go. Um, and then to your other point about about uh, losing muscle mass, you know we uh, unfortunately you know we have become more sedentary and. Um, one of the interesting things to me is that even if you do, you know, say you go to the gym for an hour or say you do your walk in the morning, but then if you sit around all day, you're still considered sedentary. You know, so the idea is to to try to move, even if even if it's something called a movement snack where you, you know, you get up and, and, and you know, bang out a set of push ups or air squats or something like that, you know, just get up and move, um, you know, that that makes a difference, too. Um, Again, to your other other point about you know losing muscle mass and and more more on a more serious note, um, sarcopenia you know loss of loss mm -hmm. of muscle as as we get as we get older, uh, really affects your your quality of life, and 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 ultimately how, how long you're able to to be here. So there's yeah. there's stats about about falls you know how many people you know if if you're if you're an older person and you happen to fall you you know your 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 chance of, of of not surviving it's 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 crazy you know you'll you'll you, it's the stats are bad you know so you gotta 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 keep moving you know, I, tell my, I tell my clients at the at the gym um you know very often the hardest weight they have to lift is the front door <laughs> and you know they they, mm -hmm. they they have to you know a lot of the a lot of my clients haven't haven't ever strength trained and i have some some clients that are older and you know they're they're, they're it's 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 new to them but you know i i've had i've had clients for for you know going on two years now that haven't missed a session you know they real and they show up and do the work you know it's you know some people stick with it and some people don't and and I, I don't know what it is you know why somebody doesn't think it's important enough to 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 put the time in you know i i i, I struggle with that but you can see the yeah. clients who put the work in man their their lives are different you know they show up every time yeah you know and it and we understand that completely wendy and i because we also have clients that waver in and out and we don't understand either in a sense of how you know we get it it's hard work it's hard work we get that and and so yes you falter a little bit here and there because you just it's just so hard and sometimes you just can't go on and but the ones that just don't come back it's it's kind of hard to understand that because the information is out there for sure um and and it's a matter of how do we how do we get people to understand one of the ways that I get it, and when I first heard some news report or something about sarcopenia, I think I was in my early 40s, it terrified me. And I had not been weight training before that. I had not been strength training before that at all. I was just running and playing tennis. That's all I ever did. And when I heard that report and thought about it, it scared me. It scared me. And it could have literally you know, scared me to death if I didn't do anything about it. But I decided I need to do, I need to start. And I started in my 40s. Other people start even later, 60, 70, you know, people start, you can start at any time. But one of the things that got me is I actually thought about the physiology of muscles and bones and how it's how muscles are attached to bones. And I kind of visualize that and thinking about weak muscles with our, you know, 
attached to our bones, making our bones kind of wobbly and making us fall more easily. Like there's the visual for me was a big one. I could see, wow, I need to strengthen these muscles so that I can be resilient. And already in in the 15 years since I started strength training, I've seen a huge difference in my resilience of either falling or almost falling, catching myself when maybe I wouldn't have before, my balance. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways that I see that I catch myself and I'm like, wow, had I not been strength training, that could have been a big injury. That could have been a big injury. And it's an everyday reminder for me. So So one of the the things that, so you have different types of muscle fibers. There's type one and there's type two, and there's like an, an in-between um type one is like an endurance fiber and and endurance and type two is your fast twitch and when Mm -hmm. you strength train you you are building your fast twitch fibers and the reason that's important in 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 terms of balance and 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 fall because that's if you do stumble it's your fast twitch fibers that will come into play to keep you from falling on your face interesting yeah yeah. Yeah. So we, we would all think fast twitch muscles are just for doing sprints. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But You're like, oh, well, I'm not doing sprints. I don't need to do that. But yeah, that's interesting. It prevents face plants, which is which is good. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> Protect them. That's a good thing to promote. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I remember we we might have I might have showed this story before on our podcast, but. I remember going to visit your mom and she told us of a, a girlfriend that just the week before who had literally she got stuck on the toilet she couldn't get up because she didn't have the muscles in her legs to get up off the toilet and that idea that that future self of getting stuck on a toilet and having to call 911 and having these you know firefighters come and get me off the toilet i mean that just i i don't want that and so when it's hard to go downstairs to the gym or go outside when it's 40 degrees out like it was this morning and go rocking, you know, those are some of the things that motivate me is my future self. You know, wh- what am I going to look like? How am I going to feel? How am I going to be in, in my 80s and 90s and, you know, to 104, right. a number. <laughs> so it's... Yeah, it's- right. It's never, you're never too young or too old to start strength training. You know, a lot of times they'll say, oh, kids shouldn't do that when they're, when they're young because it affects their growth rate and all that other stuff. And that's just not true. You know, so the, you're never too young or too old to start. And the, the sooner, the better. You know, certainly when you start young, it's, you've built muscle, you know, that you'll have for the rest of your life but it's, you're never too old either. Um, so don't, don't be afraid to just to start. Yeah. So, so Dana, how would, how would someone start? Because it's, it seems huge. It seems really hard to start. And w- like, if I didn't do it ever before and I didn't know where to go, of course I think, okay, I'd go to a gym maybe, but what, like what could someone do what would be the easiest thing someone could do to just start strength training if they've never done it before well i would strongly suggest hiring a trainer to start Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of you know a a gym can be a very intimidating place you know people don't know what to you know they walk around and minute you know who knows how to use half the stuff right 
So I think hiring a trainer is a good place to start. But um, with with my clients, when I when I do when I program a workout, we always have some basic movements. There's a there's a push, there's a pull, there's a squat, there's a lunge, there's a hinge, and a carry. So there's six basic basic human human movements that we have to do, and and we we incorporate that with every single workout. I like that idea to the way you just said that because it's not just about how much you can lift and curl it's about how you can take that movement into your everyday life right and those are functional those are the functional human movements and that's that's how we've evolved with those six basic movements and and when i incorporate that with every every single client with every single workout and you have to i guess there is an art to being a trainer um because you have to you have to be able to assess the client you know what's what's their movement pattern what are their limitations you know i always you know i always ask them you know i have three basic questions do you have any injuries that i need to know about uh, what's what's your past history with with strength training and then the third is you know what are your what are your goals you know and how can i best help you and that's how we work together mm-hmm. i think too a lot of people have I, I know from our clients, Debbie, some people have gone to the gym and because they haven't either, uh, maybe they go in too hard, you know, and jump right in and they get hurt and then they're like, oh, uh, the gym is not for me because I've gotten hurt. And, you know, if you're moving from the couch to the gym, getting, getting a personal trainer, I think is so key. I know that I didn't know my way around a gym when when we first met Mm -hmm. and it was it it was really intimidating for me now i'm just like get out of my way (laughs) but but the other thing too is i think i think people might be and and maybe it's an affordability thing although i want to say that i know that there's so many specials of gyms going out especially it'll happen in the beginning of the year well you where you can work with a trainer pretty inexpensively and it's you know, maybe, maybe they, they aren't the best trainers in the world, but it's better than not having a trainer. Because one of the points I want to make is that getting into strength training, getting on machines and everything else on your own, there it's so important to have the right form so you don't get injured, right? And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking of, of my trainer who, she can't say it enough. She cannot say it enough um, about form. And she's always checking us. And here I am 15 years later, and I have pretty good form, but every once in a while, she'll remind me, you know, put your shoulders back or whatever it is. I I need that reminder over and over again, because that's all it takes is poor form for one second. Right. And then and then you're injured. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of wanted to ask you about that, because I don't want people just to jump in and say, oh, I have some dumbbells in my closet. Let me get them out and start lifting because right. maybe not. <laughs> I'm a I'm a big stickler too for for when you're done with it with an exercise say it's goblet squats or kettlebell swings or something like that always putting the weight down properly with intention you know not kind of winging it out here to the side or whatever you know put it down you know because I've seen people get hurt you know not doing the exercise but after the fact put it re-racking putting it down you know so be right you know be intentional that's part of the workout yeah yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> Putting yeah. it away. But you know, it also, another thing too, you know, as a as a trainer, it's not about me. It's about the client. It's not about me showing off and look at all the whiz bang stuff I can do. You know, just you know, you have to you have to meet the client where they're at and start slow. You know, you want to make sure that they come back. You know, if they're crippled after the first visit, then it's then then it, that's I'd consider that a fail a fail. Right. Right. Wow. So I want to learn a little bit more about if you don't mind, because I'm so I'm such a, a geek about physiology and stuff. Can you can you talk a little bit more about muscles and bones and how like what what that does for working out? I know some of our older clients or even some of our clients are a little bit not so old who are afraid of of osteopenia and and, you know, people's back starting to curve and all of that. So can you can you address that idea? Because I, I that's scary. It's scary watching, especially our parents or our grandparents having that hunched over look and I don't want to be like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's that that's a consequence of, of of not moving properly or not moving enough, unfortunately. And, you know, osteoporosis, osteopenia, that's a real thing, too, you know, but as you strengthen your muscles, you also strengthen your bone, the tension, the time under tension is going to help strengthen your bones, you know, and, you know, people have been taught too that, you know, you know, they want they want to swim or do something that's 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 no impact, right? When actually we need impact to help to help our bones, and that's one of the benefits of walking. You know, just walking on 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 the ground, and even building on that, if you can, you know, walk on unstable on unstable surface, you know, go go for a walk in the woods. That's not something that's not paved. That'll help as well. So there's a lot of ways we can move. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never thought of that before about how important that is. Walking on the beach, walking in the woods, see, it's all balance. And that's little little muscles are working and to balance us and all that stuff. If we do, if we're constantly walking on pavement all the time. It's not it's not engaging all of a lot of those muscles. You want to you want to be never in thought contact, about that. You want to be in contact with the ground um, and you want you want to you want to be able to feel the ground with your feet. You know, we we have this. Yeah tendency to wear these big giant you know sneakers that are you know this high with with, with padding right when you really should if you can you know choose a minimal shoe or even when you're when you're in your home walk barefoot in your in your home you know don't walk around with big big old puffy shoes you know just i never thought of that slippers <laughs> yeah yeah I got into those bare, those uh, five finger shoes a while back. So I have, I have a few pairs of those and uh, you know, it's funny because people look at them and think they're so strange, but I, I swear by, I swear that they're really important. They have, you know, I'm actually using my toes the mm -hmm. way they're supposed to be used when I'm wearing them. Actually so, grip with your toes. You know, we, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We have toes for a reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> those funny little appendages aren't there just for, you know, looks. Right. <laughs> So there's stability, right? Or balance, there's endurance, and there's building muscle, right? So what do you do you subscribe to anything like yoga and stretching? Like where where's that where's that come in? Well, I think there's us? a place there's a place for that. Um for for sure. Yoga's yoga's a great practice. Um it shouldn't be the only thing you do, but it's certainly great. For, for movement and, and mobility. Mm -hmm. 
do you work with balance with your clients? Well, there's a balance involved in just doing a squat or a lunge, you know, there's a, or step ups, you know, if you do step ups mm. properly, you know, there's a, a balance factor there, you know. Okay. I imagine, as you're saying, a good trainer, it's not like you're doing a one exercise that's balanced. It's like all of the exercise have a, have that probably most of the time have each factor to that. It's a, it's a matter of a, a good exercise combines a lot of those things because mm -hmm. that's functional. That's the functional training. That's right, what it's right. all about is for us to be functioning human beings. <laughs> and that's, that's what it's all about. You know, it's like a, yeah. it's a, I really try to encourage my clients to do multi-joint exercises like a squat, you know, a step up, you know, things that involve more than just sitting on a, on, on a machine. And, and for some clients, that's about all they can do is, is use machines. But as they progress, We'll go to more free weights and that, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I know that my kids, they're in their twenties. Um, I, they last time that when they were home over the summer, they I've heard the word calisthenics come back up and it's oh. funny because <laughs> yeah. to me, that was like, you know, something my grandparents did, you know, in the old days. Um, but they were talking about calisthenics and I was like, Oh, look at that. What's that all about? Like I, it was, it was a funny word to me to hear my young kids saying. So I, I, I kind of want to ask you about that. What What is this? Why yeah. is it coming back? Like, what is that exactly? That's good. That's a good point. I, I have not heard that term in a long time, but certainly, yeah. you know, like burpees, you know, burpees are calisthenics, you know, squat jumps, ah. you know, ice skaters, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that you can add in that require that, that add, add in, you know, a more fluid movement. Uh, okay. Calisthenics, yeah. And that's what that is. Bring, brings to mind a little short shorts, <laughs> little shorts in it. <laughs> Jacqueline. Yeah, exactly. Jacqueline. Jacqueline was doing calisthenics. Yeah. yeah he, was a, he was way ahead of his time. He that was. That guy. That guy yeah. was way. My mom used to watch Jacqueline on TV every day. <laughs> did she do the she did, did she, the. she did the whole thing. Yeah. And then we, and then Debbie and I had Jane Fonda, right? We worked yes. out Jane <laughs> Fonda. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. she's still going strong <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah right it's 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 so interesting to see that you know where we can see the people who were active in their younger ages and now see where they are now as a benefit see it works there it is right there right. yeah so yeah for sure i've got a question that a client just recently brought up and um she's worried about getting bulky right well i've been working out since i was 10 and and i'm <laughs> i'm still not bulky so i don't know <laughs> I, so so to address that i mean it's it's a myth right and i think i think people might use it as, um, you know, they, they're some sort of fear factor. And I, I'm, I don't know where it comes from, but so, so that's a myth, right? That's, that, a, that's, that's a myth for sure. Anyone yeah. who's bulky. Well, is, I, ima I imagine that you could get bulky, but you'd have to really work hard to get there. First of all, number one, and, and, and not everybody has bulky genes necessarily. Is that true? I mean, some people might have more defined muscles than other people regardless of how they work out, but bulkiness, like we see Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, you'd have to, 
Well, you they, have to do insane amounts of stuff to get you, there. And you right? have to have a little, little chemical, you know, a little pharmaceutical yeah. advantage as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We've right. seen, I've right. seen that a lot at the gym. <laughs> And to your point, Debbie, we do all have different body types. And so some people do put on muscle more easily than other people. Well, then you also have to take into consideration your, your nutrition. You know, if you if you don't adapt your 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 eating pattern, you are, you might get bulky, but it might be because you're, you're over fat. <laughs> <You know. laughs> right. All right. So. <laughs> So for for people who are looking to add weight training, how how would you advise them changing their eating habits? Well, or not at all. Well, I think uh, the most important aspect uh, would be to increase your protein intake. Okay. That's that's number one. Even if you're not going to be strength training, you, you still should should focus on protein. Right. Especially as we get older. Is that right? Especially I mean, as, as we, we get older. older. Especially right. as we get older. And I say, I, my, my recommendation is, a, is a, a gram of protein per pound of body weight. And that, and that is compared to the USDA recommendation of 0.8 or 0.5 to 0.8. Something, something like that, which is basically enough to keep barely you keep you alive, yeah, yeah. To, but not to thrive. So it's interesting. We we do have our clients do some tracking in the beginning, you know, where depending on where they are in their food and, and nutrition journey and, and their um, movement journey, we have people do some tracking and Debbie and I just recently did some tracking on protein and it's really interesting, you know, how much protein is in vegetables and grains and you know, different kinds of animal products. It's it's a really interesting exercise just to see, not even to add anything, just take a week and do a little digging and just say, how much in a, am I eating right now? And then maybe tweak it a little. I know for many clients that when they add some protein they're, during their meals, their sleep gets better too. Mm -hmm. Exactly, it's a, exactly interesting everything feeds everything right? right one of the one of the people that i follow um is a, is a woman named dr gabrielle lyon and she has a book out called forever strong and um she's really her 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 whole thing is muscle-centric medicine and um when when she talks about nutrition she talks about breakfast and dinner being your most important meals the, the lunch isn't isn't so important but you really want to focus on protein for breakfast and protein for dinner and you so want to it, try to get you want to try to get at least 30 grams uh, per meal 30 grams of protein per, per meal and she said the lunch isn't as important for protein for specifically pro yeah. mm -hmm. to get yeah. a, a big but, amount of protein but the, but the breakfast and, and dinner is you know the, the, those are the two most important meals for protein mm -hmm. interesting i would suspect that i know we hear it from our clients and from peers as we get older especially women who are menopausal or postmenopausal, when their sleep starts to get disrupted and they're not sleeping. That's such a common thing for women over 50, let's say, that they're not very good sleepers anymore. You know, it's they say that ever since menopause, I'm not a very good sleeper. I wonder how much of that is because of our need, special need for protein as we get older, more protein as we get older. And I think we tend to eat less 
protein as we get older. You know, if we just were didn't think about it, it's just something we, we probably eat less of if we're not paying attention. So I'm wondering if that very much is, like you said, Wendy, is why it's connected to sleep for sure, because tryptophan and amino acids and all that stuff, you know, all the chemistry that I can't remember, but I know it's all connected there. Yeah. Right, right. So exactly. So, so one of the things I, I just want to circle back to one of the things we talked about in, in the very beginning, and it's the the idea that it's tough to start something. And we all know that to be true. We all have start, started something and then kind of fallen away from it and started again. And it, it really is that, that inertia and that beginning. And so we wanna encourage people to think of the future self. And also, you know, once you start doing these things, once we started walking every single day, it's kind of a non-negotiable. Like you, 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 you ache for it after you get it into your routine after a while. So it's not always hard. In fact, sometimes we, you know, it's, you very much look forward to it. So it's that initial part. So if you're struggling, if you're trying, tr trying really hard to go do something, find an accountability partner, find someone to meet or check in with. And if you're interested in learning more, you know, you've got three health coaches right here <laughs> who are willing and able to uh, walk the path with you because you don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. um, and as, as we always talk about, uh, the three of us always talk about when you don't feel like doing it is probably the most important time to do it like push through the the resistance and do it anyway you know i i have to say that i don't always look forward to leg day um <laughs> leg day is hard leg day is hard and there are times i'm like oh boy i really don't feel like doing this but a hundred percent of the time i feel better when i'm done and one of the other things that we haven't really talked about is the the, the benefit of exercise uh, for your brain. Uh, it, 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 it helps for sure. Um, your, your cognition is improved. Um, there, there's all kinds of studies about people uh, exercising before an exam, you know, mm -hmm. they do better, on, they do better on the exam. Um, so it's really good for not just your muscles, but for your brain as well. Yeah, huge, huge. Clears that, and that kind of it clears out all that gunk, and it gives us the dopamine rushes. People, you know, this is the thing where everybody wants these dopamine rushes they're getting from social media and all that stuff. The the original dopamine rush is is exercising. Yeah. You know, it's getting out there. Yeah, um, and it's it's so it's it's such a big difference for between being moving around. We're just so we're so meant to do it. It's just what we're meant to do in so many ways, because when we do it, all these things happen that are good for us, that are good for our bodies and our bodies respond so positively. It's just it proof that that's what we're supposed to be doing. And, um, and let me just reiterate this, which I have done on, on previous podcasts and blogs, is that going back to our hunter gatherer original selves as humans, we were doing all of this naturally. We had to, we didn't have a choice. We were moving around. We were eating real food because that's all that was there. Mm -hmm. um, and so our body, our, our biology 
forced us to try to rest because we needed to rest because our default was not resting. And our default was to, to eat, you know, our default was eating meat and vegetables and to, and, and not necessarily fruits and, and sweeter things. And so our, our biology programmed us to seek out finding the energy foods that are sweet and to, and to seek out rest because those things were hard to come by. You know, those were hard to come by. Now it's completely the opposite. Yeah. Our biology has changed, right. but our environment has. And so you're saying, well, if I'm supposed to work out, why do I not want to? Why is it something that my body's telling me not to do? And that's why. It's just simply that we haven't evolved out of our hunter-gatherer selves. But if you've ever worked out, you know how much better you feel afterwards. Right. It's it's a no-brainer. So you know, people say, oh, it's, it's too hard. You know, it's too hard. I don't feel like working out. Well, so don't work out and then look at yourself in the future. Yeah. That's, That's going to be hard. hard. If, you don't, if you're not working out, you've, you've now chosen your hard. What, what would you rather be? Yeah. Choose your hard. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, one of our clients shared a picture on that she had on in our in our WhatsApp group, and it was a picture of two 84-year-old men. And one was a man who obviously had been working out most of his life and he had muscles. Mm -hmm. He had gray hair. Mm -hmm. His face was 84 years old, but his body looked like a 35-year-old. And then the other picture was an 84-year-old man in a wheelchair slumped over. Yeah. And those are two realities. Those are two realities. It it's true. You get and to that's choose. That's your choice, right? There. You get to choose. Yeah. 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 That's your choice. Yeah. Choose your hard. What else, Coach Fallon? About muscles and taking care of ourselves and you've got to make it a priority. You know, you've got to draw the line in the sand and say, okay, today's the day. You know, we people want to wait, you know, till you know, till Monday or, or the new year or whatever to start working out. I'll I'll start then. I'll start then. Don't wait start today. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, so people can find you on our website now, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Join the Nourish tribe. Welcome aboard. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. having me. Thank you. It was great to have you. Thanks for tuning into Navigating Nourishment. When listeners take a few seconds to subscribe and leave us a review, it really helps our podcast grow and to create more clarity around personal well-being. To get more rich content and to become part of our exclusive podcast community, join our private Navigating Nourishment Facebook group. Thanks again so much for listening. Stay curious, keep learning, and keep exploring.